It's my legal obligation to tell you this meeting's being recorded. Anything I don't you, consent. Anything you say can it will be used against you in a court of law. <laughs> Michael, you're a piece of shit. <laughs> Straight to jail. Gotta uh, catch me first. <laughs> yeah, you're already in a car, so you get a head start. Uh, on top of being 200 miles away or whatever. But <laughs> what's for lunch? Uh, I'm not going to admit that out loud. It's terrible for you. Oh, well, regardless, uh, I want to thank you for your dedication to the podcast for doing this on your lunch break. <laughs> yep, anything for you. Which for you with a real job that requires you to leave the comfort of your home is, is way more bigger of an, an effort than it is for me, who is just sitting in the same place I always sit <laughs> while I'm working. So, <clears throat> as you right, we have 30 minutes now. We have 30 minutes and 30 pages of notes to read. So one page per minute and we'll be good to go. <laughs> you can't even read that fast, but I digress. You can't read at all. Shut up. I mean, you can't read at all. <laughs> <laughs> totally editing that to make it sound like I said that right the first time. Okay. <laughs> Two best of friends. You think we're still going to hang out after what you just did to me? You are lying. I want that on record that you're done. Who think they know football? I will not listen to any slander against the great name of Ezekiel Elliott. I think you're an idiot. Bring you unprecedented access to the NFL world. I look like I normally do. I'm a freaking moron. Let's be real, Fitzpatrick is a beautiful man. Because here, it's real football by real fans. We don't do smart here. It's a multi-dollar production, I'll say that. The 2M Football Show starts now. Welcome into the 2M Football Podcast. The 2M Lunch Break Hour. That's right. You can listen to this on your lunch break um, on Friday as we record this, Thursday, February 2nd, Groundhog Day, assuming when we wake up tomorrow it is, in fact, Friday the 3rd and, and not the 2nd again. I swear to God, if it is, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um... But yes, the conference championship games in the books, two teams remain, only one game left of this 2022-23 season. We're going to talk about it. And apologies in advance, because I actually watched both of these games almost in their entireties and was taking notes the whole time. So you get to listen to my reenactment of, uh, of what I saw. All right, I'm going to just take a nap while this happens. Not while you're driving, I hope. Uh, no, I'm in a parking lot. You're fine. Oh, oh, oh okay, great. Um, so, yeah, well, before we get to that, we'll talk about some news, which I'm glad we did wait till today because there's been a lot of it in the past yeah, see? 48 hours. Yeah, see? We wanted to do this on Monday. Guys, it's a good thing we waited. <laughs> That's why it just goes to show procrastination always pays off. I was going to say, good thing God, my lackluster desire and being tired paid off, but that, yep. that sounds better. Exactly. <laughs> Same thing. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so we'll talk about some news, recap the games. I'm hoping we can get together one more time next week. Uh, maybe have a certain friend of the podcast on who happens to be a huge Eagles fan to do our full breakdown. And um, But that's for next week. For, for today, let's get into the news. And we have to start, once again, feel like we're breaking this or talking about the same news about this time last year. But Tom Brady has announced his retirement from the NFL. Maybe. After, yeah, we'll see. Take two. I feel like this is a legitimate see, though. Me too. Yeah, if you watched his Instagram video where he 
first, you know, shared the news. He he seems, uh, I don't know, more at peace with it this time, especially because he got to do it on his own term. I wonder if that's the only reason he came back last year was because, like, Adam Schefter broke the news before he got the chance. And I wonder if he was just pissed. And he's like, you know what? No, I'll play another year just to prove you wrong. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But I, mean, uh, I think, too, I think when you're in the game and you love the game so much, it's so hard to walk away. So you always feel like I can keep doing this forever. But it's better to end on a higher note than a, than a lower note. Yeah, and at least, like, the Buccaneers were pretty bad this year. But at least, the, you know, at least he was in the playoffs one last time. I don't know. <laughs> the rest of the league is getting better and better around them. So it seems less and less likely that he would be able to pull what's it. Was it Peyton? Was Peyton Manning the last one who was last quarterback who retired after winning the Super Bowl? Uh, I don't know. Possibly. I, I got to do my research before I ask questions like that. <laughs> That's not what we do here. But uh, yeah, Brady is out for now, it seems. Putting the Buccaneers instantly into a state of transition as they do have a pretty talented roster. Um, but I don't even know who the other quarterbacks are on the team right now. We can play. We could talk about that all day. And we will all off season. But uh, <gasps> moving on, there was some a lot of big news in the, the head coaching world with D'Amico Ryans reaching a six year agreement uh, to become the Texans next head coach. That has a big question mark for me. Yeah, he's been the defensive coordinator uh, in San Francisco or no, not San Francisco. Hold on one second. I just don't understand with a team that's in a full rebuild mode, are they going to have the patience to allow even four of those six years for yeah, Marco yeah. Ryan's to be able to do anything? Well, the last time, the last, the latest example of this was uh, Matt Rule in Carolina signed to a seven year deal and fired after three. And I just I just saw a story like he's suing the team or something, something about his severance package. I don't know. <laughs> but the, yeah, your point is a good one that these rarely last the, as long as the, the length of the contracts that are given out, actually. I mean, it's a great hire from a personnel standpoint, but these deals, I don't know. And it's funny because I thought I remember reading an article earlier this year that was talking about like the, the meeting, the owners got together during a big like meeting with everybody and they're like you guys can't keep throwing money around with hiring and firing right. coaches to these deals right. yeah and then all we keep seeing are massive deals being brokered and i'm like they got money clearly yeah in a right. business that's like on the verge of going under but i do understand what they're saying like you can't make change in two years sometimes and i looked it up and i was actually correct uh he, he's, he's been the 49ers defensive coordinator the last few years where they've been a top tier unit in the league so good hire for Houston. Apparently, I don't know if this is true, but I did see a report that Denver was pushing hard to get him, but he apparently chose Houston. If that was the case. Be, well, it's because he played in Houston. Hmm. I believe he played on the defensive line. You're right. JJ yep. yep. You're right. Bam. Look at that. We actually know Fun. something. Yeah. First, first time for everything, I guess. I mean, it only took till you know the Super Bowl, but you know it's fine. Right in in our third year of doing the podcast. Fine. <laughs> Score one for the good guys. <laughs> uh, this one, arguably, even bigger news was the Broncos hiring Sean Payton out of retirement, out of the 
broadcaster's booth <laughs> to come back to coaching at the Mile High Stadium. So that's a huge one. And and since he was still technically under contract with the Saints, they actually had to trade for him. So they, they give the Saints yeah. their first round pick this year and their second round pick next year. And, and I, was, I reading, was reading something about the Broncos, like they've given away basically all their first and second round picks from the previous two years, and they're going all in on just these two people. And the three players, yeah, to get Russell Wilson too. Yep. <laughs> and it's like, man, if you're talking boom or bust, this is this is almost as much as like the Rams were trading away in those that year right. or two leading up to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah but it's a great hiring. And like you said in a previous show, Sean Payton's a great offensive mind. And if there's anyone who can get Russell Wilson back to playing the way that we've seen for most of his career, this is probably the guy. Wow. You do listen to me. <laughs> I'm forced to, when I edit, go back and edit the podcast. <laughs> I feel the same when we're recording it. <laughs> Bullshit, you don't even listen. <laughs> <laughs> and I know you don't listen. I know you don't listen to the show afterwards. So. Yeah, I mean, I lived it. Why why go through that pain a second time? <laughs> uh, a couple of coordinators got hired with the Dolphins uh, signing Vic Fangio as their defensive coordinator. I think this is a great move for them. I was actually hoping maybe the Packers would be able to no, snap. No, we still got Joe you. Barry on roster. Right. That's yep. fine. Yep, I have not fired Joe Barry yet. And at this point, they probably won't. No. So. <laughs> but no. that's cool. That's a whole other conversation. Good for Miami, though. It's their gain. And then the Cowboys and Kellen Moore, who's been their offensive coordinator the past several years, they, quote, mutually part ways. Um, and he goes immediately to the Chargers, take over for, I believe it was Joe Lombardi, who they fired after their debacle of a playoff defeat. It would be amazing if Lombardi went to the Cowboys and basically just, Cowboys just and Chargers just swapped OCs. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. The Cowboys were, they've been a very good offense for a while, but uh, this past season was pretty disappointing. And I know they didn't have Dak for a portion of it. Arguably, they were better as a unit with uh, Cooper Rush. Just kidding. I wouldn't actually make that argument, but it's just interesting. Goes to a good situation. A lot of playmakers when healthy in L.A. So. <clears throat> We'll yeah, it's, it it's strange. I thought Moore was going to be there for quite a while, but you know, congratulations you know, to the Chargers. At this point, Brandon Staley, if if they don't make the postseason this year, Staley's gone. I think if they don't have a winning record going into like week six, he might be gone. <laughs> well, yes. And uh, just to put a bow on that, sometimes Matt, sometimes less is more. <laughs> do you want to do the rest of this yourself? <laughs> wow look at kyler murray has an update and then you're gonna have a similar update has a torn acl and meniscus and won't be back until middle of next season <laughs> oh man i'm scared <laughs> so i'm gonna show up to my house with a baseball bat <laughs> no maybe all right, Matt, thank you for reading that last piece of news. Let's move on to the game recaps. Uh, we'll start with 49ers at Eagles, which was pretty much over, unfortunately, by the time the 49ers finished their first offensive series, thanks to Brock Purdy uh, taking a big hit and getting a, suffering an elbow injury, which later turned out to be a 
ligament tear at the UCL. It's amazing, too, how these injuries, they never look awful sometimes initially on the field. And then you get the diagnosis and you're like, what? Yeah, well, it was one of those where he got like hit by a defender right in the arm as he was throwing. Um, And yeah, sometimes guys are just fine. They just bounce right back from that and continue the game. But he clearly could not throw the ball. He came out and uh, Josh Johnson took over. I was like, who is... Who was their fourth string quarterback coming into the year? Because if you remember the 49ers started the season, what feels like, you know, a decade ago, Trey Lance was their week one starter. He gets hurt after week two. Then Jimmy Garoppolo, who they did manage to retain in the offseason, played, um, you know, games most of the year before he got hurt. And then that was what paved the way for Brock Purdy, their seventh round pick, the final pick of the draft last year to he thrust into the starter's role, and he was undefeated coming into this game through, like, six or seven starts. But, um, I mean, sad to say, that pretty much doomed them immediately in this game. They they were a little bit sloppy, losing a couple fumbles in the first half as well. One by Purdy on that hit, where it almost looked like a pass, but it was ruled a, a fumble. And then Josh Johnson lost a fumble too. And then Josh Johnson got hurt. He got, I think he took a, he banged his head on the turf and I think he left with a concussion and Purdy actually had to come back in the game because they didn't have another quarterback. Right. I guess McCaffrey is the emergency, the emergency backup quarterback, but I didn't really, I didn't see him really do anything. They, They just put Purdy back out there to hand the ball off on every play. I don't know, strange, strange and unfortunate end for that, uh, for, for Brock. I mean, I think it forces the Niners into a very interesting offseason discussion. Yeah, totally. Especially given the fact that Trey Lance was, you know, their first round pick. Jimmy G's been, was solid up until he got hurt. But then you've got Purdy that comes in and the offense really didn't miss a beat. You're thinking third string guy, man, this offense is going to be in for a rude awakening. And he became the guy, you know, that next man up mentality definitely set home with him. And he took the Niners. Arguably, I think this game would have been a lot closer and could have ended differently if Purdy had been healthy through the game. Absolutely. I mean, we both yeah. picked the Eagles to win regardless, but it wouldn't have been 31 to 7. <laughs> but I will say this game has forced a lot of heat towards Shanahan from the Niner fan base given the fact that both Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo suffered similar injuries being being running up the middle in between the tackles, and that's how they wound up hurt. Um, And the fan base is not very thrilled with the fact that, again, a quarterback got hurt. Um, In this case, it was a pass play, but I believe it was somebody was trying to block Hassan Reddick, and it just was not going to work. Yeah, well, to be fair, that's something a lot of offensive linemen have struggled with this season. Reddick has been incredible. But, uh, yeah, like you said, the Niners have a big decision to make this offseason. Uh, Garoppolo, I think, will be out of contract. I assume at this point they'll let him go, and it's going to be between Trey Lance and Brock Purdy, who are both coming off of injuries. But, yeah, like you mentioned, Trey Lance, first-round pick. He was a third pick overall back in, I think, 2021, right, where they traded away so much draft capital to move up to that spot just so they could take him. And through two seasons, he's only played like two games. So they haven't really gotten a good look at what he can do. And we did get a, 
an extended look at Brock Purdy, and the team was very successful under him. So going to be very interesting to see what happens here. But on the Eagles side, hey, they're heading to the Super Bowl. They had to play two games so far in the playoffs, giving up a combined 14 points between those games to Daniel Jones and Purdy slash Johnson slash Purdy again. And they've uh, scored plenty of their own. I think they're in the playoffs. They've scored something like 60 points and given up the 14. So you could argue they haven't really been tested yet in the postseason. But they certainly will be in the big game playing against the AFC champion, which was decided uh, later in the game. Thank goodness this Eagles game came first uh, because that would have just been a bummer to, to end the night on that because Bengals and Chiefs. <laughs> are... one, unfortunate one-sided lap. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> game is over after like five minutes. Um, But yeah, Bengals and Chiefs, the night game. This was uh, so many fun storylines coming in with Joe Burrow never having lost to Mahomes. They beat him twice last year. It once in this game. This was a rematch, I, I think, of last year's AFC Championship. And I believe the Bengals beat them once this regular season, too. So he's 3-0 and against Mahomes coming into this one. And Mahomes being banged up with that sprained ankle. But the, um, yeah, so there was a, this is a big game at Arrowhead, of course. The Chiefs were the number one seed. So they got the home game. And yeah, let's jump into my game recap. Mahomes is clearly struggling a little bit with the ankle, but honestly, I wouldn't say it affected his play much. Like he looked uncomfortable and was limping around between snaps, but I don't think he. I, mean, I think I, it forced him more into just being that typical pocket passer, but he yeah. adapted really well to it. Right. Yeah. I don't think he put a threw a bad ball all night. On their first drive, he they should have had a touchdown. He hit Kadarius Tony in his hands in the end zone, but he couldn't keep possession as he went down uh, to the ground. But Butker nailed the field goal to go up 3-0. And with the Bengals, we saw some of the same problems we saw from them in the postseason last year, where Burrow was under constant pressure. They were giving up sacks. And to be to be fair to them, they were missing, I think, three starters on that line due to injury. Remember, they did revamp it. They signed a bunch of veterans uh, last offseason. But this kind of makes yeah. Sure they didn't have the same O line that had been protecting Burrow all year. I mean, if you remember right. when he got sacked like five times, everyone's like, "Oh no!" Yeah. <laughs> but then the line did really well for the rest of the year, and then unfortunately, mm-hmm. you lose enough people, you're kind of going back to ground zero, and uh, yeah. I think that wound up being one of the nails in the Bengal coffin. Right, and uh, it, especially early in the game, they on their first two drives. He was sacked three times between the two, which set them back and led to two punts. Um, the, on their second drive, the Chiefs then again almost had a touchdown. Isaiah Pacheco ran it in from 10 yards out, but was that got nullified by offensive holding. Ended up settling for another field goal to go up 6-0. to zero. Bengals did finally get on the board. Um, in their next drive, they drove it into the red zone. Tyler Boyd made a couple big plays. Uh, one coming on a third and 14 conversion, but then he got hurt on that drive too, which I think was also something that impacted the the Bengals. I know he's their third receiver, but he They've obviously got three look. quality wide receivers. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Boyd was huge in moving the chains on this drive, uh, but then uh, Burrow took another sack, his fourth of the game already, and early in the second quarter, 
which ended up forcing them to settle for a field goal themselves. So we're at 6-3 Chiefs, middle of the second quarter. And the Chiefs finally did get into the end zone on their next drive. They had a big play to our old friend, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who had a huge night, actually. He really came up big for the Chiefs here. He looked really good with the Chiefs. It's almost frustrating. I know. I didn't see any of the terrible drops that were that we got so accustomed to <laughs> in the last couple of years. But he had a big 29-yard catch and run uh, to get them into position. And then on a fourth and one from the uh, Bengals 14, Mahomes found his old friend, Travis Kelsey, for the first score, the, the first touchdown of the game to go 13 to three. And that's where it all went wrong. Yeah, well, it was 13-6 yeah, at halftime. Chiefs were on top. And, and I think the Bengals, uh, much like we saw in their game, was it the one in the playoffs last year where they got down big in the first half and, and then just dominated after after the break? And I think, much. I think the Bengals did look better coming out of halftime. They, the teams traded touchdowns in the third quarter. Uh, with Burrow finding T. Higgins with just a perfect ball over the top in between defenders from for a 27-yard game-tying score. But then I feel like we really got to see, I was going to say vintage Mahomes. He's not even that old, but just like the kind of dominance we're used to seeing from him, just shredding this uh, Bengals secondary. Well, and I feel like when, when, when you have a coach like Andy Reid that kind of lets you do your thing, but he's also very genius as an offensive-minded coach, like, he just lets the ball, and that's what happens. Yeah. And I think when you let these guys, like, kind of do their thing, this is the magic that ends up happening. It's like what Rodgers wants to do when he ignores uh, Matt LaFleur's play calls. And, but it does, but, <laughs> but this time it works. Yeah. <laughs> and you can't blame the receivers, because look at what Mahomes is out there dealing with. Juju got hurt in this game. They didn't have McCole Hardman. I think Kadarius Tony even got hurt. It was like MVS and a bunch of rookies, and, and they Kelsey. And, and that's okay. True, that is fair. That makes a big difference. <laughs> All right, what are you trying to say about Robert Tunyon? <laughs> so anyway, it's 2013. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, 19-yard touchdown pass to MVS. Just a perfect throw. Like the defender dove across. He was I see, he was inches away from from being able to knock down the pass, but it was just out of his reach. Uh, MVS caught it and fell backwards into the end zone, 20 to 13 Chiefs. And this is where they could have really put it away. They were moving again, the Chiefs on their next drive until Mahomes fumbled. He had the ball. He was getting ready to throw like a quick screen, I think it was. And the ball just slipped out of his hand as his arm went back to throw uh, for a fumble. The Bengals jumped on the loose ball. And it was, this was a huge turnover. And could have been a turning point. I thought it was, um, especially after the Bengals went. I was going to say three and out. They went three plays, and then it was fourth and five. Uh, Zach Taylor decided to go for it. I love that call. It was great. Yeah, and they were around midfield. And uh, not only the call to go for it, but the fact that they call a deep pass to Jamar Chase. Double covered Jamar Chase. But Burrow threw a nice ball that he was able to outjump the defenders, both of them, and pull it down inside the Chiefs' ten. That is the quintessential, if this works, we look like geniuses, and if we failed, everybody hates us. <laughs> I feel like if you had to put a picture on it, that was that call. Yeah, totally. And it's it's just like the complete embodiment of Joe Burrow's quote from last year's playoff where he said, F it, Jamar's down there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> and then a couple of plays after that, Joe Mixon punched it in 
uh, to level the score once again at, at 20 to 20 early in the fourth quarter. Uh, then things got kind of weird on the next Chiefs drive. I don't know if you were watching and saw this happen live, but on a third down and nine, the Bengals tackled Travis Kelsey short of the line to gain. But I guess the refs had been trying to blow the play dead because of an issue with the clock. The problem is nobody heard him. Nobody knew that. All the players on the field played through to the to the whistle at the end of the play. But they went back and ruled that that play didn't count, actually, because the referees were had been trying to blow it dead to fix the clock. And on the replay, you could actually see there was one referee who ran onto the field like 20 yards away from where the ball was being snapped. Nobody saw him. He runs onto the field waving his arms, but obviously they, they went ahead with the play. Nobody saw him. So they they replay the down, and the Bengals got another. They stopped him again by sacking Mahomes, but that time they called the defensive holding, which just gave the Chiefs the first down. So it felt kind of shady. <laughs> well, this is where the conspiracy started. Right. But, um, I mean, it all ended up meaning nothing, really, because they did force a punt after that a few plays later. But it was pretty weird. Anyway, so the Bengals did get the ball with two minutes, 30 seconds left in the game, starting from their own seven-yard line. Tie, tie ball game still at 2020. Oh, and no. they got in trouble. Right away with a third and 16, but Burrow found uh, tight end Hayden Hurst wide open and he even got out of bounds due to the total lapse in coverage from Kansas City. I guess they were probably double covering Chase and Higgins and Hurst got free. But but just a couple of plays later, they faced another third down and Burrow got sacked for the fifth time on the night. And it, they had to punt. So Chiefs on the ball now at their own 47 yard line after a nice punt return, 27-yard uh, punt return by the rookie Sky Moore to set them up at their own 47 with 30 seconds on the clock. And this is where it came down to everything. Well, there is a lot of talk about the refs after this because, and I didn't see it. I, I was, whatever, I was watching on my phone while I was also monitoring the kids and stuff. So I didn't see all the replays, but people were saying there were some pretty obvious holds and, and blocks in the back on this punt return, which is something you've always Almost always see when there's a big punt return. Anyway, though, nothing called. Chiefs had the ball around midfield, 30 seconds left. That's way too much time for a quarterback like Mahomes. But the defense almost held. It was third down and four. The Chiefs had no timeouts left. And Mahomes uh, scrambles. It, you can tell he can barely run, but he still gets to the edge, gets the first down, just barely. And then, uh, well... Then the uh, the Bengals linebacker, Joseph Osai, was flagged for a late hit after uh, giving him a little push out of bounds. I personally don't think it was that big of a hit, but... It wasn't a hit. It wasn't a big hit at all. But, you know, you know how quarterbacks are protected in this league, especially... I feel like it, it plays into it, too, that Mahomes is already injured and the refs knew that. I feel like that all helps play into it. And in the end, the... Easy flag for them to throw extra 15 yards that puts the ball into easy field goal range for Butker to hit the winner, 23-20. And short, that means we have Eagles versus Chiefs. Yeah. And that'll do it. We'll be back next week. Stage will be set, and maybe, maybe we'll have a guest. We will try to get that arranged. That's all on you. See you later, Matt. Have a good rest of your day at work. <laughs> oh, you know what? Suck it. Thank you for listening to the 2M Football Podcast with Matt and Mike. 
Don't forget to follow us on our social media, both Twitter and Instagram. Look for our photo at 2M Football Show. If you like what you heard, please tell your friends, family, and others who may be interested in listening to all of our shenanigans. And remember, we will see you next week on the Gridiron.